And this episode of Hat Trick Hockey is brought to you by Eric Standell Realtor. Our boy Eric Standell is at Remax Capital Diamond is one of the best in the biz. Whether you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, Eric is your guy. Eric has over 10 years experience in residential resale, investment properties, investment properties, and just anything all around real estate. Trust me, Eric is your guy. Eric's knowledge, understanding, education, experience will help you guide along to the right path, whether you're a first-time home buyer or just, an, like I said, an experienced investor looking to add to your portfolio. Call Eric Standell. No obligation, no pressure on you. He's our guy. Call him at 226-345-9199. And he doesn't have 99 in his number for nothing. So hit him up. And what is going on, everybody out there? All of you beauts and beauties. It is episode number 111 of Hat Trick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. If you like the boys' hats, shirts, Tristan not wearing any of his, that's one. <laughs> Just smash the uh, link on the post there. It'll bring you right, right into our store. And uh, it'll be good to go look at if he's going to grab something. So as always, Ant here coming from coming to you live from Windsor Laser Cutting Studio. Just hanging out. I'll bring in the new guy first. Now that he's got on his hat trick hockey hat, I'll go to him first. We'll go to Tristan inside Barker Builds. What's going on, brother? You know what? Life is uh, life is going good. End, end of the uh, off seasons coming up here. We're looking at some nice preseason games are going on right now. So get to see a lot of the young guys into the lineup for every team, kind of see their future and outlook for this season. And uh, yeah, regular season's right around the corner. So hockey's back, baby. Oh, I love it. And we'll bring in Rob, my boy, my line mate. Rob is inside the Clarue and Sun roofing studio. Rob, what's going on, man? I just... <laughs> jizzed all over the screen and everything as he Fuck. shoots beer all over the fucking basement there <laughs> cracking open his beer what's up man hold on a second here give her a little wipe there probably not the first time he's had to do that but anyway wipe the screen no. <laughs> just the other day <laughs> knuckle children anyways so so what's going on man uh it was a sad day. Uh, I lost my grandma, and uh, it was pretty devastating. Um, I just get like to give a big shout out to the Sawyer family on uh, staying close, staying true, staying uh, just family. Uh, she was in her nineties and lived a full life, and uh, I'm I'm really gonna miss her. Yeah, sorry so, to hear, man. That's crazy. That's a long life, man. That's yeah, a- and it, it was a happy one. She was mm-hmm. she was very happy. You know, we lost my grandpa a couple of years back, and uh, yeah, you know, like when one goes, the other usually goes mm-hmm. not too far behind. Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, uh, life's good. Um, hockey's just getting ready to roll, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm very excited about this new season, especially when. Uh, the Leafs win the Stanley Cup. Oh God! Here we go again. Here Back we... in the dream world. <laughs> well, at least you got rid of that shit stain that was on top of your head there. Oh, 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 oh. 
so for those who are who are just listening so when i was doing the like intros for everybody and everything tristan was wearing his red wings hat so right there and then he um so when i said dash one because he wasn't wearing any hdh merch while he's on the air he uh went and grabbed his hat so now he's wearing his hat trick hockey hat but either way well you guys are both a dash with that ad read fuck Mm -hmm. i know you gotta start letting me do them just kidding yeah i was gonna say you can do them at any time if you like and it's weird doing them on the fly and it feels like it's a mouthful because i have to do the whole like the whole ad read and then i got to do the show number and then the sponsors and then bring you guys in it feels like i'm like my 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 for 15 minutes off so if you guys want to you are me and uh, me and tristan could have a nap if you guys want to if you guys want to hop in with some ad reads i'm more than okay with yeah sure (laughs) boom right there new guy love it um so before we get into the like the nhl stuff and some of the cool stuff going around the league and this and that we'll kind of stay close here our 73s are now six games in we're five and one boys are looking good the past two home games outscoring both teams they outscored between amosburg and moortown they outscored teams 12-2 so they're looking good at home this archer kid is he like dangerous or legit he is you know what he's legit and i said it last episode I was kind of laughing when he gave me the Alex Ovechkin comparison for himself, but he was not kidding. Holy smokes. He's he got a crease. He gave himself an Alex Ovechkin comparison. Yeah. When I yeah, asked let, him his let, player. Let's hear it. I want to hear what he said. All right. I'll pull up the exact uh, conversation. Oh, shit. Here Perfect. we go. He's, he's calling him Oh, out. he's going to get torched. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, the Jeez. other guy gave me McKinnon. What's his name? Gave me McKinnon, and then someone else gave me uh, Shosturkin. Yeah, McCabe. And I'm like, can someone give me a realistic comparison? Yeah, so I asked him. I said, hey, I got a couple questions for my page. Like, uh, if you could, like, what, what current NHL player would you say your game is most comparable to? And he says, my current NHL player comparison is Alex Ovechkin, physical and a hard shot. And he's not wrong. Yeah, that is He's true. not wrong at all. Well, he's yeah. got I'll give him three that of Essex's, <laughs> Three of Essex's five power play goals on the season are archers and it's all from that circle he gets down low rips a one-timer i think yeah he's got five goals two assists in six games right now he's got seven points in six games what made me laugh the other he's not breaking gretzky's record (laughs) what made me laugh the other night at the game it was he um was freaking everybody trying to hit jake fields and everybody just bouncing off of him like I didn't realize because he's not like an overly, overly huge guy. Like you know what I mean. Like he's kind of a mid-sized guy. But when people were trying to hit him, man, he was lighting people up. I would, could not believe it. Like reverse hitting. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he probably did it probably three times. And that oh, was built like a. That was a game yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah, he's built he like a fire awesome. hydrant. Yeah. yeah. He was guys. so good. Um, the other thing too is like he's been playing a nice like shutdown role. The goalies have been phenomenal, both of them. Um, the part I like how they've been lately, and I was kind of going back looking into the stats with the team is how many shots they're taking. Okay, so I have them in the past. I think it was like three games ahead, forty-two shots against Dresden, forty-seven against Blenheim, and they had forty-five last night against Moortown. So they're ranging between 40 and 50 shots a night. 
I love seeing that. Other teams are only getting 20, 25 shots a game on them. So I like that. The thing is, though, is again, we're second in the West in fucking penalty minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got to keep those down. I think if they if they keep those down, I like their shot. But hopefully that can get them down. Um, Tristan, I'll go to you first. What, how do you think they've done over the past few weeks here? Well, you know what? Uh, in our last discussion, I had mentioned that I believed it was a chemistry issue. And I think that question was uh, answered by the fact that Essex just ran over the team that was first in the division, Moortown, and they did it quite handily, seven to two. So, and they had beaten Wheatley, who beat Essex. They beat Wheatley four to three in overtime. So it's kind of a everybody beat everybody. It's a weird trio, but I'll say this. What Jamie McDermott's doing with the lineup is, I I love it. He's He's not stacking it like one, two, three, four lines. He's making it so Essex has got like four second lines, and it's just fantastic. Two talented players. I'm not going to say the third guy is not talented. I'm just saying mm-hmm. he's he's more of a, a role player as opposed mm-hmm. to a point getter. But uh, it, it's like, like especially the line I'll say of uh, it's Liam Hall, Ethan Hamlin, and Curtis Jackson. Yeah. They're fantastic. I don't know. Like, I want to say that line had like three posts last night. Hamlin scored a nasty goal far down. Oh, like, Uh, and Liam picked up two apples. I want to say, like, he's playing really good right now. Uh, Cujo left the game hurt, didn't he? Something like that. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, he walked down the tunnel, he pointed it, looked like a wrist, is what he was motioning. So, have have we heard anything on that or just a straight? His, his, uh, I sit next to his mom, and his mom just said it. He he was signing to his wrist, so he must have gone into the boards. Time for a beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> go off in the second just be like sorry because gotta sorry, go yeah, Jamie. <laughs> that's funny yeah so the threes are back at home again on uh let me look at my season tickets here so they're back at home tuesday october 11th they're playing blenheim yep. puck drop is at seven o'clock so make sure you guys go in there and check out the boys um should we go over to some pro hockey stuff here, fellas? Hold on a second. What, what, what's going on with the other teams? Like, do, do you have what, like, where Bell River is, where Wheatley is, where? Uh, yes, I do. There you go. I have it right here. So, like, in, remember, uh, we want to take care of everybody, not just our threes. Yep. Yeah. So, in the in the West Stobbs division, so that's like uh, <laughs> Windsor Essex, basically. Essex is first, five and one. Lakeshore is second, but on a technicality, they're three and one. So they haven't played as many games yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Blenheim's three and two. So that's more of a technicality. Moortown's three and two. And then the last one here, uh, technically, they have the highest point percentage. Wheatley's two, oh, and one. So they lost in overtime. They haven't lost in regulation yet. Every other team has a regulation loss. So Wheatley has to pick up some uh, extra But they've games. only played three games then. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Wheatley's in town on the 18th, too. Yeah, uh, when they open the bar. Oh, that's on the 18th? That's on the 18th. Really? Don't ask how I know that. So are they doing it for the rest of the year after that? Yep. So how come they had to wait like three, four games? Maybe yet? they had to wait for a license. Oh, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure, but that, that was the date uh, that I heard through the grapevine. Mm-hmm. so attendance mm. is about to double oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's true as, as soon as they serve beer the crowds go up to a thousand you're welcome Essex Bam. <laughs> um, so 
I put something in our little group chat there the other day that you guys seen. It was the five deals that were turned down by Quebec for Eric Lindros. Did you guys see some of the names that were that were involved in this? Like I like let's say Rob here for the Leafs. The Leafs offered. This is who they offered for him. For one player. They offered Felix Poppin, Wendell Clark, Dave Ellett, uh Baruby, multiple first round picks, and fifteen million cash. Ridiculous. For one player. For one player. Our Red Wings, Tristan. Oh man. Listen to this. Imagine this shit would have went through. It would have been organization changing. So Fedorov, Lidstrom, Chason, LaPointe, Chevalde, and draft picks. You don't win the cup. That's what I mean. You don't win those multiple cups. Not without no. Lidstrom and Fedorov. No. Marty That's too crazy. even had a and and even this, can you imagine? Because he was on Quebec who had drafted him. Mm-hmm. Quebec already had Joe Sackick, Peter Stadsny, uh, the big guy there, Peter Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they got a franchise defenseman in Lidstrom and then Fedorov, who's arguably the best two-way forward ever. Mm-hmm. Unfair. Yeah. I can't it's, believe that. Like, it's And altered. then Lindros ends up going, and the more sad thing for me, I mean, obviously, I would have hated to not ever have that as a part of the organization, but you wouldn't have got the Legion of Doom in Philly. Mm-hmm. That was so iconic. You know, Big John LeClaire and those guys, they were mm-hmm. units. Get this, the Flames. The Flames offered Mike Vernon, the choice of McKinnis or Suter, and the choice of Neuendijk or Reichel. So that's what the Flames offered. The Blackhawks was Ed Belfour, Steve Larmer, Steve Smith, and a two-for-three swap of picks. <laughs> the one, the last one, the Rangers. It was Kovalev, Amante, Nemchinov, Patrick, and the choice of Bam Beesbrook or Mike Richter. Bam Beesbrook. Bam Beesbrook. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I said Breeze. I don't know why. Cash too. Multiple first round picks and twenty million cash. Wow. Now, out of all those. I think the Wings and the Leafs have the two juiciest offers. Oh, yeah. I, I I wouldn't count Calgary out of that one either. Yeah, but Calgary only has three players, though, where Detroit and Toronto would essentially be sending five. And draft picks, too. And draft picks. Draft Toronto picks sending, Toronto? Think about Toronto. Potvin, Clark, Dave Ellett, Baruby. So you're adding a goalie, skill, toughness. Multiple first round picks and 15 mil cash. Now, would multiple be two or three? Probably, probably, well, two or more. It just says multiple. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy, though? How much? That is crazy. I can't believe that. I, I literally can't believe it. But it's Al crazy. McKinnis, Craig Suter, and, and Joe Newendike? Wow. No you, no, you get the choice of. McKinnis or Suter. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I see it there. Oh, Reichel. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then looking at looking at Detroit. Holy moly! Like imagine that's that. insane. Imagine that. that All would... those guys won the cup except for Shovel Day. Yep. Did Chase on win one too? Yeah, he yeah. would have won in '97. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
he would have been paired with uh oh uh oh Lawson or something i don't know the guy ended up playing with lidstrom later on i mean oh. anyone could play with lidstrom i yeah. could play with lidstrom like yeah, i was gonna say i could play as a one man i don't even play defense come on that's like the, the kid freaking comparing himself to ovechkin <laughs> no, you're just saying that he's that good that anybody. Justin, you've been into the sauce, <laughs> <laughs> man. I play pond hockey, and I'm just trying to accentuate the point that no, no, he's so I, good. I know. Anybody could play with him. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Set me. That's funny though, man. But yeah, so also the uh, the NHL season officially kicks off Friday at two o'clock in Prague. It will be two p.m. our time at the O2 Arena. Sharks and Nashville will face off for two games there in Prague. So they're going to play one Friday. They're going to play one Saturday. Each team will have a a home game. And also the Wings and Leafs are playing Friday and Saturday night as well. Home and home. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing a home and home. So that's a little something for you guys to check out. Now, like we were saying kind of earlier, we're rounding out the preseason, so we're getting kind of closer to the rosters. So this should be pretty close to full rosters, correct? Yeah, yeah. You would think. Yeah, so. yeah it's it's crunch time. Um, so I heard a little story about uh, Prague saying that uh, they weren't allowing the Russians to come. Really? Yeah. So oh. the teams stepped up and said, if it ain't all of us, it's none of us. Yeah. As rightfully so. Right. So they're back in their own guys. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, with this bullshit that's going on in Russia, they were saying, no, no, you can't have the Russians come in. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of. The world's a weird place right now. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That's, so bad if I say it's kind of crazy, but but uh, uh, who's the coach? Um, who's the coach for Nashville? Oh, uh, is it Laviolette? He's still? he's bald, and I can't think of his name. Boudreaux, John something. Nashville, John uh, Hines, John Hines, John Hines. Okay, who's the coach in uh, Anaheim? Oh, uh, he's got a. One second. Tristan, we brought you on for stats. Fuck hey, that guy. Fuck I, Bash too. I'm the I only I'm the only one wheeling out here, boys. Oh, you gotta God. keep up. Here we go. Here we go. Meanwhile, I don't uh, know who who those guys Deacons. That's right. He had a different name, Dallas. Oh, Dallas. Oh, and I, so I think yeah. it was it was either it, it was either the coaches or the general managers that were saying, if you don't allow our, our Russians to come, then we're not coming. Mm. So yeah. Standing by the players. I like that. That was the word around the sandbox, anyways. Um, Tristan, you said Barzell signed a nice big deal, didn't he? He signed a juicy one. 9.15 for eight years. And he was saying it all offseason that, hey, I want to stay in New York. This is my home. He he did the complete opposite of Tavares and uh, lived up to his word. Uh, and is, he's staying there. And you know what? Anders Lee has been plagued by injuries. The Islanders captain. I think if he ever retires early due to some kind of uh, ailment, Barzell's their captain. I mean, he's, he's one of those captains who doesn't wear the C, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. for years, it was Chara in Boston, but Bergeron was a clear leader on that ice. And I think Barzell is the same in, in the Island. So. Mm-hmm. Well, like, like our previous uh, guest, 
they were saying that, you know, you don't have to wear a C or an A to be a leader on a team, right? Right. It's just a letter. And those are the guys that get to talk to the referees, right? So Mm -hmm. other than that, like, because, you know, like even if Marshan didn't have a, a, a letter, you know, I don't think you could shut that guy up. I, I think he'd be like Shirky on the 73s, right? Like mm-hmm. just be running his mouth and it'd be just motor, motor, motor. <laughs> so. Yeah. He, uh, he was up to his same stuff last night. It was funny. Yep. Um, oh, he's awesome. He's, he's an incredible hockey player. <laughs> Love him. Tristan, you said you had a few other notes too, right? About guys around the league, didn't you? Yeah. So, um, there's a, we, we had mentioned prior, there's an RFA in Dallas, Jason Robertson, uh, incredible point per game player producer. He's a winger. Uh, he is unsigned as of right now and contracts are not progressing well from what the way it sounds in Dallas. And also Jacob Chikrin, uh, top defenseman for Arizona, who's obviously in a tough situation. They're tanking, trying to rebuild right now. He kind of wants out. He's in the prime of his career, 25, 26 there's rumors there could be a one-for-one swap there because both players, it's a, it's a mutual agreement they have kind of with their team that we don't want each other, right? You're causing us strife by not signing, taking away roster space, and we want to get rid of you, but for what cost, right? Both of them, it's a big ask. They want multiple players, multiple picks. Well, why not eliminate that factor going one-for-one, right? Kind of like a line A Dubois scenario? Exactly. And you know what? Dallas just lost their top defenseman us alongside Haskin and John Klingberg. He left for Anaheim. Now they're looking for an offensive D-man. I think Jacob Chicken could bring that perfectly. And obviously, Robertson, he's only 22. Arizona would give anything they could to get a young guy like that going forward with their organization. Mm-hmm. And Rob, didn't you call that trade? The last one-for-one swap? The line eight for Dubois? Yeah, I, yeah. Think, you, I think you called it. Yeah, I said, why don't they just trade each like for each other? And yeah, be and done it was it. like it was like three three days later. It was yeah, announced. I but said, then, Rob but then like, now oh, I, I'm hearing rumblings about uh, Dubois not being happy again. So, is it is it is it the teams? Is it the coaches? Or is it the guy? There there were some rumors that uh, at the draft, Montreal had sought out Dubois from Winnipeg offering up one of their first round picks they had because they had three and they ended up trading away that pick after Larry were Winnipeg was him and Han because Dubois he's a Quebecois eh? he's from Quebec and his whole family's roots are there and obviously he wants to play for Montreal but uh it ended up getting nixed by management from Winnipeg so Montreal ended up going for Kirby Doc and got him out of Chicago so well that's not so bad either no, no, man. Anytime you get a player under 24 as a top mm-hmm. line center, you go for that. Centermen are so hard to come by. Montreal's still going to be shit. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> I wonder what. Uh... It's Tristan's uncle, just in case anybody. <laughs> oh, so he's a big, like, Habs guy? Take Huge. It? Huge. My, yeah. my old man's a fucking Habs guy, too, man. And he's. Uh... Wrong with these people. So is my dad, too. Is he? But I understand. Oh, I understand Kenny's problem. I, I I dropped him on his head. I don't know how many times. <laughs> oh, no, that just makes sense. <laughs> oh, but um, the other two, I don't know what happened to them. If you guys had to pick one team, who would be your kind of 
shocker team, a team who's gonna really shock you this year, shall we say? Who, if you had to pick one, who would you guys pick? Just that kind of sleeper team right now. I would say uh, I, one of two teams from the West. I would go with Vancouver or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think, you know what? The West is so wide open. Every year we see different teams making the playoffs. They're really, Vegas has really been the only constant, Calgary and Edmonton, right? So that last, those last two wildcard spots, if they're available, LA made the playoffs last year. And they've got, in my opinion, one of the top three best young cores in the league. They're only going to get better. Um, same thing with Vancouver. They got great center. And they got three, their top three centers are, I mean, JT Miller can play anywhere, but they got JT Miller that just signed to an extension. They got Elias Pettersson and Bo Horvat. Oh, right? yeah. Every, you know how many teams would give that, like have a center depth like that? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Rob, what about you? Uh, I don't know. You want? Me to go? Dash one. You can go. (laughs) I like Anaheim. I just think they're young. They're explosive. They're like just some of the goals that they scored last year, just highlight real. Like you were saying earlier, they got Klingberg coming in there. They have Fowler, guys like Drysdale, Zegris, Henrik, you know. I I just like teams that are fast and young. And I just see them just having an extremely bright future. So the team to me that is going to jump out to me is going to be Anaheim is going to be my sleeper team. Rob. I'm going to say Philadelphia. Oh, torts. And I think torts is just going to create a wrecking ball over there. And teams are going to hate going back into Philadelphia and playing, let alone the fans are pricks. Oh yeah. But I think Torts is going to teach that team how to be pricks too. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think he'll bring it back to almost like the Broad Street Bullies, man. I think that that's how... F- I think it'll be awesome to see too. When I think of the freaking Philadelphia Flyers, is that not the first thing you guys think of? Yeah. yeah. You guys it think... Is. Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark. Broad Street Bullies. Smiling yeah. at you, no teeth, fucking hacking darts in the room, whatever they wanted to do. But it was like... But it's so what, what's his name up in the crowd, freaking beating somebody with a shoe. That was Mike Milbury, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that when he was, was he with the Rangers when he did that? No, I thought he was with Philly. Was he with Philly? Am I wrong? I thought it was a Boston player. Or am I just... Oh, he was with Boston. Yeah, I apologize. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah now it's coming back. That's one. My bad. Yeah, beat the guy with his own shoe. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Well, then you think of anything crazy <laughs> that could happen, you think they all played with Philadelphia. Oh, you know, the funniest. Oh, yeah. That was that was so good though. Yeah, you um, beat somebody with a shoe. Fuck. The other I thing. Will add, yeah, go ahead. Add that uh, another team that I feel could really be. I they're actually my number one as for a sleeper. New Jersey Devils. I think they can make it out of the first round. They have Jack Hughes, who's franchise piece, great goalie. Uh, a lot of people question him, but you know what? I, I really like him when he came out of Washington. His name's Vitek Banachek. They just signed him uh, this summer. I mm-hmm. think he's really underrated, and I think they got a good core going. They got Dougie Hamilton. Uh, mm-hmm. They got um, who else? Do they got they got a winger there. Uh, they got Thomas Tatar. That's right. Yeah. 
thing. Like got, him, uh, they got the Heischer or whatever. Damon Severson. That's the defenseman I was trying to think of. Yeah. Nico Hishier, that's right. Yeah, another first overall pick. Yeah. Yeah, they've I've heard a lot of and it seemed to me too that in the offseason, New Jersey was in on everybody. Like it seemed like they always like every free agent that was available, every like even like Johnny Hockey, like Kachuk for some crazy reason. It just seemed like mm-hmm. every little thing i seen online it was new jersey was linked to everybody toronto was linked to everybody um patrick kane yeah do you think okay let's do okay i want to give one more two i want to give one more two i want to give one more two that i I don't think we we've talked about was actually columbus yeah you know what i mean like i think they could be a sleeper too yeah they could speaking of that too before we even get to it we got an our like interview here is going to fill you in all about those Columbus blue jackets. But um, Rob, I kind of want to ask actually both you guys, but I'll go to Rob first. Do you think there's a, any chance of Kane going to Toronto? And if they, if there is, what would you think Toronto is going to have to give up to get him? Well, I think it'll come down to uh, it's, it's obviously a, a, a cap, right? So I don't think it will happen till right near the trade deadline. If it does happen, but I don't know what, who, who do you give up? Who do you got to, you know what I mean? You got to make cap space for him. And what's, what's his, what's his number right now? I don't know. He's probably a $10 million guy around, I would say. Probably. Right. But so, so, so if say he came at the trade deadline, would it just count against the cap for what he has gets to make for the rest of that season? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't go like his 12 million or whatever. Right. It would go as a percentage of how many games they got left and what they would have to pay him. Right. It doesn't it pretty much go game by game. What guys play. It's it's it depends on like salary bonuses and that because every year a player would make different pay. So what what the salary cap does is it goes by um like average annual value. So that's what AAV means. So over time, the average. But what actually happens in the NHL is those players get paid a different amount every year. So first year, they might get nine mil. Their fourth year, of their contract, they might get 13 mil. Like Tyler Sagan right now is making 13 million dollars but his contract average 9.5 because it's other ends of the spectrum. Right. However, you're right, Rob. Uh, it would only be his, I think 10.7 or something, whatever his signing was. It's the average annual he's getting paid 12, but they're only going to count it for 10.7. Okay. Because yeah. that was another thing like Sagan and Ben, they're making like $19 million this year. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then it's the insane. other thing too, is the Leafs might be able to get Chicago to retain some of his salary too. Correct. Yep. So if they yeah, can say throw you more. retain half of his salary, we'll take the other half. That might, that makes it a little more doable. Mm. Well, not to mention too, like, what do you think Toronto would have to send back? Like if you had to pick who, who would you send back? I don't know if I send draft picks because like, this is, isn't this his last year? Like, so Toronto yes. would, Toronto would be renting him for the playoffs. 
essentially unless, unless you he, get him signed yeah you know went from his 12 million dollar contract and said took a fucking uh what do you call it their uh home down discount yeah like but he's not from that town no, like, I but, but he's like uh like a, a spezza mm-hmm. like would he would he play mm-hmm. you know thinking that he could win because like this Jason that, that would be uh if he signed for one more year it'd be austin matthews last year uh under his contract and i think mitch marner only has another year or two yeah because well. he was he was right after right marner. after it and i don't know if they got the same i can't remember if they got the same years. i thought that i thought they had same deal and like exact same deal i thought i thought they had matching deals for some Not reason for the same money the, but, they the both, the same, but they both got like seven think, or eight year deals right yeah i think it yeah i think it was the same same years I'm going to agree with Ryan Whitney when it comes to Austin Matthews, that if he doesn't sign a extension by the end of this year, do you think it's time to panic? Because he's saying yes. And to be honest with you, I'm, I kind of agree with him. Because if he doesn't sign that seven, eight-year deal this season, to, are you worried about it, Rob, at all? In all honesty, I don't think they're going to win a cup with him. I don't think, I, I think he's a, not a selfish player, but he plays for himself. I don't think he's a team player. You know, like if you could trade him and get, you should be able to get oodles for him. Yeah. So fuck, do it now. Yeah. Like if he's not the guy, and you know what I just read too? They're practicing uh, Mitch Marner on deep. On defense, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Is just that only going to be on the like, power play, though? No, they just said when they get up a couple of goals, he's going to go back and play D. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, why? So that he could get run through the boards by fucking, you know. And hurt. Luchy Reeves or, or on him or something. Tom Wilson. You know, like, that, yeah. that's 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 the most ridiculous thing I've freaking heard it, 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 from this team so far. And as I long can, as I've been watching. I can it. understand if they were putting him on the point for the power play maybe okay which they've done yeah but they're talking about they're talking about five on five and him going back and playing d that 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 makes no sense to me whatsoever (laughs) sergey fedorov did it different size players yeah i was gonna say sergey fedorov's not i want to say sergey fedorov was only an inch bigger but but he probably as big as a truck 20 pounds heavier he was a truck Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, how many times did you ever see him get knocked down to the ice? Yeah, Fedorov is you probably didn't. a couple like hundred pounds, where Marner's like one seventy, and he could yeah. fly. Yeah, I'm not saying Mitch Marner can't, but I think Fedorov was way faster of a. He wore all the Nike stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Nike. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Nike Sponsored by Nike, yeah. man. <laughs> Does not just. Remember the goalies putting stuff. bananas in his in his exhaust pipe. Oh yeah, <laughs> those are awesome. I love man. those. I still say. Toronto needs to get rid of JT. I still fucking say it, man. They can't. If I'm Nobody getting rid of contract. anybody, it's him. I'm sorry. They'd, they'd have him. to eat. They'd have to eat half that contract because I, I don't even know how many more years he has on that. Then eat it and get a five million dollar guy. Yeah. Right. He's hurt again, right? That's what I mean. He's yeah. Hey, he's he's on the back nine. Is he a good player? Well, sure. Yes. He's on the back nine. It's obvious. I would have, I would have dealt him fucking two years ago 
when you could have got more for him and you would have opened up space. You would have, they could have signed a goalie. They could have signed another guy on D that they, the Leafs can score with the best of them. But if they, if they would, if they would have been, if they would have traded him, they would have been eating his contract for like the next four years. You're eating his contract for the next four years anyways. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't matter either way. You're eating his contract. I'm just trying to get them to make a little more wiggle room than put. I don't know. I thought he had a pretty good year last year. Well, not $12 million worth, but no, that's what I mean. That's why I would say like, I would eat up half of his like salary and then be like, then you, that opens up cat. Like to me for a team that's struggling on the blue line, I think again, right is like i think it's crazy to move mitch marner back there it's too much of a risk of him to get hurt for sure it is like you got d that play fucking d you think he's gonna step in and be a better demon than than hall or or sandine who who have played it all their lives are they looking to get like a right shot guy on d or something because he shoots right doesn't he yeah he does so are they looking for that right shot d or something so you take him away from being a forward? I, I don't I don't get that. I don't not at all. No. It makes zero sense to me whatsoever. Mm. Unless like unless they plan on and this is going back to the Patrick Kane uh situation. Unless they plan on getting another top line winger a la Patrick Kane, uh I think they might give away Nylander and Kerfoot because that matches the cap. That's that'll that gives you the cap flexibility. And I think it's right there for value. If not, throw in a second round pick. Does Kane score as many goals as Nylander? Would would he? he might no, but he facilitates, much, he facilitates but, yeah. play better. You're yeah, going to get more yeah. goals as a yeah. result. And he better. gives you 100% all the time. Right. And Which, it's a shootout specialist. Yeah, and and, yeah. and Nylander's just a, a fucking dimmer switch. He's on, he's off. He's, you you want to know what I'm getting sick of seeing that fucking Where the fuck is he? I'm sick of seeing that guy turn away from hits. Oh, yeah. It was embarrassing. You did it again year. the other night. I'm sick of seeing it. Play the fucking game the right way or get the fuck off the ice. That's the way I look at it. Finish your checks. Get hit. Speaking of this, so I seen a play last night. I forget who it was. I wanted to say, who wears number nine? For the threes, who wears number nine? Jack Firth. Okay, so he made a play last night, and it's kind of the same thing as to what I'm saying, but he took a hit. I mean, he got smoked to make a play to chip it out to somebody, and they went down fucking two-on-one and scored. Yes. Yes, okay, so you know exactly which, which play I'm talking I was about. T- I was sitting there, and I'm like, that guy just cost them the goal because he, he went for the hit. Yeah, and I he got it. fucking lit up, okay, but he chipped his puck out for them. To get the part that pissed me off the most about it is the refs didn't even give him an assist. They didn't give him an assist. I was I was listening for it because I wanted got player to know, of the game because I because I wanted to know who it was because I'm like wow that was a really good play and I thought I was one of the only ones in the building that seen it and I was just like holy shit like he just got buckled to make that play and he didn't even get an assist on it. I was like well that sucks. Yeah, it was right by the benches. Yes, exactly. And yeah, and he and I, but then so but now going back to what I was saying, and then I see Willie like turning away from hits and not going for pucks. Like I understand it's the preseason. Okay, that's fine, but still, play the game the way it's meant to be played. Jesus, drives me nuts. 
What did, what did he do? Was it last year he did that in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah it was in the playoffs. Yep. Where he just let the guy go like you. And everybody on every hockey uh, broadcast was all over it. Oh yeah, you take the hit, man. Uh huh. It's like uh, what's his name from uh, Hockey Night in Canada? There, um, Elliot Friedman. No, the 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 guy. Biaxa, Biaxa. What is that? Yeah, I love. You know, like just giving it to him, and I'm like, Mm. like Mm. how how do how does your team like, you know, work around that after they see that, and and like you know you got other D men just getting buried into the boards, and Mm. and this guy just peels off, and Mm -hmm. so yeah, I I haven't liked him for a long time. It started when he held out. Mm-hmm. When he oh, held yeah. out, that's when Toronto yeah. started paying all that money to, to all these guys, and he was the start of it. Mm-hmm. But in I, all honesty, he's probably the best bang for the buck. What is he, six point five or something like that? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's not ten. I just don't 12. like. I just don't like how they have so much cap tied up in five guys. I just I don't like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's way terrible. too much. It's ugly. Way too much. You could just kind of piece everything together like nicely if you had if they had another let's say if they had another 10 million dollars i think they could do wonders with but who knows we'll see i I was watching i was watching chicklets and i think it was chicklets that said it about uh you know how does kyle do this save his job if if they go out first round and they said something like uh Go get Austin Matthews signed. That's the only way he's holding on to his job. He's probably right. So, do you guys think he's on the hot seat? For sure, he is. And I think Shanny's on the hot seat too. Yeah, definitely. I think they all are. I think if Shanny gets canned, though, he's just going to end up in Detroit. <laughs> Personally, I do. The old boys squad. I do. I seriously, I do. Just because of all the other guys that are in the office right now, right? Oh they yeah, all, him and Iserman they have, ripping, ripping bongs in the yeah, office. They have right. Iserman's there. Lidstrom's there. Zetterberg's there. Coaster's there. Malpy's there. Draper's there. Like a lot of them are there right now, doing mm-hmm. office roles and I don't know. They do a whole bunch of shit, but it's I I don't know. I like the way that they're going with that, but. On that note, do you fellas have anything else you guys want to talk about, or should we bounce and flip it over to the interview? Yeah, I think we should bounce. You guys all set? Tristan, you're all set, brother? So, until next week, everybody enjoy this interview. We have Lee Harris uh, back for round two and what a chat we had with him. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. We fired a bunch of questions at him. Columbus fans, you guys are going to like this one. This one's for you guys. So, until next week, the boys, Aunt Rob, Tristan, we're signing off. We're out of here. See you. Peace. No time. Woo! 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 This next cat back for round two. Good pal of mine here from Harrow. Played some junior hockey, Kingsville, while Lakeshore now is what they call it, was a professional figure skater. Nowadays, you can catch him with the columbus jackets where you can uh where he's there bag skating the boys for uh horrible games let's welcome back to the show our buddy lee harris lee what's up what's how's up, it going everybody? man good how's essex county doing ah, same old 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I miss the same old, let me tell you. Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, it's been busy. You know, it's, uh, it's, you'd think that we're gearing up, which the team is uh, for the, the season here, but my hard work is kind of behind me. You know, it, it was a really busy and uh, strenuous summer with the off season with the amount of guys that we had in town, but uh, now I get to sit back and watch and, and see how they do at uh, training camp here. So it's, it's been good, but also uh, busy. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. Um, you said you're going on a trip to Washington soon, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. It's uh, their last preseason game here. Uh, the Jackets are heading out to Washington, and they're they're tightening up the the roster pretty quickly here. So it'll be pretty close to the the uh, opening day roster. So I'm excited about that and get out there and see Ovechkin. And I'm sure they're pretty close to their roster, so it should be a pretty good game and good pace to it. Mm-hmm. What what what? How many how many are they down to now already? They have uh, a game tomorrow at home, and then uh, oh, oh, you're talking. Sorry, yeah. So uh, they have one more game at home, one more game on the road. But now they have, uh, I think, uh, three more Ford uh, cuts to make, and maybe three or four D. So it's getting pretty close. Mm-hmm. It, it's a grind, though. I don't know how much you guys uh, pay attention to the the uh, tryout selection and you know the yeah. training camps and stuff. But man, it's a uh, it's a two week battle, and uh, watching these guys go through it. Um, I'm in there probably every day or every other day and just watching the the wear and tear on the body, but mentally, physically, everything it's, uh, it's interesting to see. And it's, it's obviously, you know, highs and lows for the guys, but um, we're getting close to the end here. Mm-hmm. In, in your own opinion, Lee, uh, out of the three young forwards, you guys have got like for the rookies there, who do you think's making it out of uh, Kent Johnson there, uh, Kirill Marchenko and Yegor Chinnikov? <laughs> In your well, opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I could take one out of the equation. Marchenko just got sent uh, to Cleveland today. Okay. So um, he's gone. A little bit of surprise because everyone's been hyping him up. And um, you talk about Marchenko, I'll, I'll say this, and this is, um, I, I've said this uh, plenty of times this offseason. He is hands down the hardest worker I've ever had the opportunity to work with, um, which is saying a lot. I, I've been around a lot of guys at, at different levels. Um, he's kind of a guy that obviously, I don't know how much you know of his past, but he played in Europe pro and now he's over here, still a young kid, but, um, he would get to the rink an hour before and stretch, do his hour workout. He'd be on the ice for two hours. He would do like, you know, the AHL, you know, uh, younger guy skates. And then he'd go with the big boys after that. And then he would get on the floor and he'd be sitting there doing his hands to Kaling for a half an hour in the hallway afterwards. And that was every day. Um, Fedor Tutin, uh, one of our ex-jackets defensemen, he's a Russian guy as well, and uh, he was living with him for the summer, and he's talking to Fedor, and he was just like, it's nonstop. At home, he's just asking me questions, he's watching videos, he's, you know, wow. he's all about it. So it's, it, it's great to, you know, for me to see a guy like that and pass that down to the younger kids that I work with and say, it's just a grind, you know. So um, he's out of the equation, but I think we're, we're all going to know his name. His shot is unreal. Um, he's got, you know, outside feet, you know, quickness and stuff like that. So I think just an, uh, a little bit in the HL to get to the North American game a little bit and he'll make his way up and stick, I think. Mm. Awesome. So, um, so just being a student of the game, he is. That's it. You know, yeah. and, and, and that's, you know, um, there, there's some other guys too that I could point out this summer that, you know, it's the same thing in, in different ages, different points in their career. And, the guys that stick and the guys we know, those are the guys that are there first and leave last and, you know, just all in all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is nice to see. And it, again, going back to, I'm lucky enough to go from young kids all the way up. I just tell them like, just keep working. It doesn't matter where you are in the lineup, just bust your butt and get in there and, and put the work in because you never know where it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. um, you talk about Kent Johnson and then um, you said Chinnikov. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a toss up of two different players. Um, Chinnikov is definitely a, one of the, you know, the quieter guys on the team, hard worker himself, great shot. I saw him come back this summer from Russia that his shot was even deadlier this year, you know, at the off season. Um, and then Kent Johnson, I mean, we all know him and his skill and what he can do. And, um, I think it's just getting out with the big boys and getting those reps in and, and really finding his game at the NHL level. So that's going to take some time, but I mean, we're lucky, um, with the jackets, with the, the, the mm-hmm. prospects coming up. I've never seen the jackets in the situation that they are. Um, it's exciting times. So mm-hmm. I don't know who knows I, I mean, the camp's been awesome and, you know, it depends on who's going to fill different roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, exciting times, Johnny hockey. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, Come seriously. on. I, you Did know, me? like I, I've been here long enough now that, you know, I, I kind of don't want to get too high, but it's hard not when, you know, we get a selection like that, or he, he opts to come here. You know mm. what I mean? Like we've all seen the story that he seeked uh, Yarmo out to, to come here. So um, he's been around, obviously he's been super busy. His wife just had the baby a couple of days ago. Um, he flew into town here probably late August. So we're on the ice with him a, a couple of times. Um, you know, just quiet guy, works hard. He's got some friends on the team already. And um, his skill is obviously just off the charts. And my size, you know, it's nice to have some, you know, a couple of these guys now I'm looking at, I'm like, man, I, you know, I could have been out here, you know, with my size. He's literally like, what, I don't know what they haven't listed at, but he can't be more than five, eight. And I mean, some, he's can't be even, you know, about the same weight as me as well. So, mm-hmm um he, he's a huge pickup it's it definitely gives it a little bit more of a buzz here in columbus um i was literally on the ice with some summer uh, skates triple a kids the next day and i said anybody get a new uh favorite player last night you know like johnny hockey let's go yeah. you know, so <laughs> from the kids all the way through you know our jacket fans everyone's pretty pumped up and mm-hmm. you know it, it's nice to see so rob and i were actually on the air when that news broke weren't we because i was like stop stop yeah. we like stopped in the middle of the show and i was like rob johnny hockey sign and he's like where and he's like guessing teams and i'm like i don't think you're gonna guess this one <laughs> and he was like where and then i said it and he was like are you we had like a three minute pause where it was like whoa because yeah. that was to me i didn't see them like you guys like just popped up out of nowhere and it was like, okay, I'm signing in Columbus. To me, it, it caught like me off guard. It had to have caught you off guard too, no? Oh my gosh, I, everyone. I, I don't, I think it caught Yarmo off guard, you know? Like I think I, I've read the stories and I've heard it around town here, you know, is that like he called them, you know? Like mm-hmm. um, I know one of his best buddies is Eric Robinson, you know, from growing up in New Jersey. So there's a little bit of connection there and we've all seen that he wanted to be closer to home and all stuff like that. So um it really puts Columbus on the uh, on the map a little bit just people saying it's a great town I know a couple of you guys have been here and you're like the facility is great the the people the cost of living the you know it just it's really nice to see a player like make a long-term commitment show the you know where you know the living is and also the team and and where we're heading so Mm -hmm. um it's going to be he's a big piece for the next few years for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it it was kind of like you guys, uh, you still like you haven't had a superstar like that since Rick Nash, right? Yeah, so I mean, it, it helps we, we everything. Had, the morale yeah. of the team, and 
yeah somebody that was long term you know like Panarin was definitely here for two years and yeah he was sick. right everyone he's unreal and he still is but um somebody that's committing to the team and wants to be here long term that's different right so mm-hmm. um i'm interested to see where the fallout's going to be in the next couple of years where guys like i want to go there too because he's there you know oh, yeah. so um, so you, you talk about him, you line a Wierenski, and then, you know, our young goalies that are coming up and, you know, like other guys that are now going to see that and want to be here. It's, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why did Dubois want out of there? Was it because of the coach? I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I always say around town, I'm the last person to find out anything. Um, I think there may be at, at, with, with stuff like that, but, um, Honestly, I, I really can't speak on that. You yeah, you, you've been avoiding a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real yeah. nice, so, man. But 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 you should you should. Um, the, my one of my favorite things I've been saying about having uh, Goudreau here now. He, you know, they've lined him up from the preseason right away with Line A, and oh. Line A six five, and you know all reach and arms and everything. So he has the ability to slow his game down, shuffle in his mm-hmm. skating style. And then you got, like I said, Goudreau, my size, who's just 100 miles an hour, hands and feet. So you, you got Johnny going down the wing, going 100 miles an hour, and then all of a sudden he dishes over to line A, and now all of a sudden the play just slows down, and it's all out here, reach, mm-hmm. goes back to Johnny, it's da-da-da, you know? So <laughs> it's, it, it's fun to watch because it's just, you know, it, you never know what you're going to get, but it, I think it's just going to be hard to defend, you know? Well, yeah. remember that the Tigers started out that way when they grabbed Pudge Rodriguez, right? Yeah. And then all the superstars started going there and building up that team. So mm-hmm. hopefully like Columbus can do the same thing, but mm-hmm. because they got that Johnny hockey, you know, get rid of the freaking cannon there too. You guys are scaring the shit out of him. Uh, he'll get used to it. And I'm sure he's going to, he's going to enjoy that once he starts putting the puck in the net, you know, but yeah, yeah he's going to drop his ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> But, but yeah, he, um, you know, like it, it's going to be fun. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to get too high because, you know, you've seen people before get a little bit too high and then it just, whatever, got issues. But it's a perfect situation. The coaching staff now are in their second year and um, I, everyone can be happier with what they're doing and, and the tone that they're setting. And Coach Lars is on the ice running every practice. It's his voice. It's his team. It's, you know, um, he's setting precedence of, what he's expecting from the players and, and they're responding great. So um, it's pretty awesome to see. Mm-hmm. As, as a skating coach, what can you do? Like, do you accentuate a player's differences in how he skates? Mm-hmm. Like you said, like Liney being a big lumbering guy, he's never going to keep that pace of Gaudreau. So do you teach him how to use that? Like elaborate. I'm curious yeah. to hear. It, it, it's a good question. It's funny. Uh, so I, like I said, I was on the ice a couple times with Johnny and he's kind of, you know, I knew he was getting bombarded coming into town and people like wanted to meet him and, you know, get to know him a little bit and stuff like that and introducing. So I just kind of ran my drills and stuff. And when I did get an opportunity, I was walking back to the locker room and it was him and I in the hallway. And I said, Hey, Johnny, I'm Lee Harris. Um, I'm the skating coach around here. You probably won't need my work much, but he's like, ah, you never know, you know, but, you know, I'm um, talking about line A. He was, um, he was at a lineup a couple times last year and um, somebody like himself, you know, I've looked around the league of somebody that, or even in past guys that somebody, his size comparable, what they do, maybe a little bit different. And that's what I'm going to try to implement and say, Hey, this guy, somebody that plays like you, this is some moves that he might use, or I might say, Hey, maybe let's try to get a little quicker in this situation. So 
Um, I don't think there's a, there's a, a form for each player. Everyone's got different skating techniques and, and needs. So I'll just look at, you know, like I said, different guys around that might be using something that he's not or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you. Really insightful. Yeah. yeah. Cause see, it's been a while Lee, since you've actually been on with us. So what was it like for you guys through like freaking COVID and everything and skates when you guys fired back up and stuff like that again, how was it like that? Cause I know they probably had you guys locked down for a bit and shit too, obviously. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, obviously I was hands off during that whole time. They kind of, it was who needed to be there at that time and stuff like that. So they're like, at this point, it's like, we, everyone needs to stay away unless you're day in, day out there. So I wasn't really around too much for that. And then when it started opening up, it was literally, you walk in there, they test you or they're going to test you the night before, you know, and then you got to wait a couple 20 minutes, half an hour when those first rapid tests were coming out. And then like, you're good to go jump on the ice, you know? Or if there's guys that are, you know, had had COVID, they're able to get on the ice with somebody that has it. And it's just a weird time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, it's like even talking to you guys, it, it seems like forever ago, but it also feels, you know, like yesterday that and um, but yeah, I mean, we, we got through it and, you know, like luckily we're back to normal. Mm -hmm. have you gotten a haircut since covid me yeah a couple <laughs> yeah you know i think last time we talked it was down here i had a little bit of flow you know and you had the mask on <laughs> yes that was priceless yeah yeah that's funny yeah you did have a bunch hey when you're out there with a guy do you ever just like is there ever guys that once in a while they just not doing shit right slacking off does it ever just fucking just drive you nuts like have you ever ever I'm not saying like yell at them like they're kids, mm -hmm. but have you ever had to be like, Hey, like, I'm sure you've got pissed off once in a while. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you a couple of things is that um, the first thing is the number one thing that I've noticed over the years are the guys that shy away and push back are the ones that need it the most. You know, they're the ones that are insecure that they can't do the drills or they're, they're a little bit not as strong in those areas that I'm asking them to do. So once I take a player aside and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to build this so you can do X, Y, and Z. And um, it, everyone has different personalities. And I think that's the thing that as I do this job longer, the more experience I get, the easier it is for me to maintain and figure out, okay, this is, I've seen this type of player before. Let's give him these type of drills or let's come at him a little differently than I would somebody else that's more receptive to it. Um, but at the end of the day, they're athletes and they're getting younger and younger and, and they're kids still. Right. So I know they're multimillionaires and they're the best in the world and stuff like that, but they, they still need to get put in their place and be like, Hey, I'm doing this to help you so you can succeed. Right. And uh, when you have those conversations and it's a back and forth kind of thing, they respect it and, and they see your vision and they'll, they'll put in the work at the end of the day. Love it. Who, who, who was the best guy that you ever got to train that, improve more than anybody that you've ever seen improve yeah so it's honestly like it's a long list but um it's it, the things that like stick with me are more like the success stories that i see the guys day in day out put the energy and the focus into what i'm asking them to do if i'm there or not um I will send guys drills. I'll, I'll, I'll give them stuff to work on, like when they're on the road or if I'm not up, you know, let's say in Cleveland with our prospect team. Next time I go up there, I can tell if they worked on it or not. You know, it's like, it, it, it's, it's that minor of a thing, but like some of the drills, but I can see if they put the effort in on it. 
kind of like a kid doing homework. You can, there's no bull crapping it, right? Um, so the guys that really put the energy in and want to get to that next level, if they're at the NHL or AHL, um, those are the stories that, that I enjoy the most. Um, like last year, we have a, um, a young kid, Trey, uh, Trey Fixlowinski. I don't know if you guys know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a stud on the, the WHL and then we got him and he's been up and down a little bit. And last year he, or at the end of last year, he tore his ACL, got ACL surgery and off for the summer. He missed, he missed the last, I think 15 games or something. So we didn't know he, again, he's five, eight, you know, a little bigger than me. So he's probably 170. So not an oversized guy, um, but his skating was definitely lacking a little bit. And so got his ACL surgery, came back, and um, I said, this is the perfect time for us to work on the things I think will make a difference for you heading, um, coming back from injury. And we busted our butt. And that's a guy that, like, I would send him drills. I would send him texts. I would send him videos. I would, I'd, like, if I see a, 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 his type of player score a goal in the NHL, I would clip it, send it to him. And, you know, it's just this back and forth, working on his game, if I was there or not. And... Um, he got called up to Columbus to the Jackets and didn't get into the game. They sent him back down. And a couple of weeks later, I was up in Cleveland working with him. And like half an hour before practice, got off the Zamzon doing the ice. The whole team comes up for practice and we're passing pucks and stuff. And I'm like, I say to the assistant coach, I'm like, where's the fix? And like, he got called up. He's going to the Jackets tonight. And I'm like, what? I ran off the ice, I go in the locker room. And, and for me, it's like, when we put the time and the effort in as coaches, you know, you feel just as like excited for the players. So he's just excited, jumping. He's like, I'm going to go, let's go. And I'm like, fix you, go be you, go do it. He packs his bag, he gets up to Columbus. I think he flies out to Washington and he scores that night. Nice. And, and I'm sitting there, watch, like, you know, I just up in Cleveland, drive home, tell my wife the whole story that, you know, one of the players we've been working on for six months, you know. And then watch him score that goal. I'm like, to me, it even felt like, all right, cool. You know, like I had this little inch of, you know, that, that success. So like a proud dad moment. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, like he's had, he's had millions of hours on the ice in his career and, you know, like watching him go through that little journey and his parents flew out, got to see it live. It's, that those journeys are what it's about, you know. That's awesome. That's got to be rewarding, eh? Like being, being the, skating coach for both Cleveland and mm-hmm. uh, Columbus, you get to watch that development, right? Yeah. Just like you've been saying, that's, yeah. that's got to do good for you. That's you, your reward. It, it is a reward, but I also have heartbreaks as well. You know, there's a couple of players that I saw struggled and, and really put in their time this off season. And then I see them get cut and then sent back to Cleveland, you know, and there's a whole process and journey that they got to go through in that, you know, they got to go back there, you know, to the HL and, pick themselves back up and you know so i see the successes but i also see you know some hard times for the guys and that those are the moments that you know you gotta send a text and just say hey keep going and you know you made a big game let's just get on the bike again and keep going but um it is honestly it's i love my job for that aspect that you know like i i get to see these guys live out their dreams and you know see the ups and downs along the way hey are you still doing ohio state too no um NCAA changed. I think it's uh, been two years since I've done them. Um, NCAA changed rules. There was a, a sad incident. There was a football player out of Maryland that um, passed away on the field during a conditioning skate or a conditioning run. And because of that, the NCAA changed all the rules for guys like myself that would come in and, and train a team. So, oh, that kind of uh, sucks. Oh. Yeah. 
I mean, that's bad. I, I understand it on one part, but it also it hurts the the players too. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have uh is Ambi with you still? Yep, yeah, Umberger still works with you know, my the, my skating system that I do down here, and he's awesome. I'm, I'll tell you, like, you know, he actually popped in my mind when you asked me, Rob, about um, some guys that you know that I worked with that I I saw big gains and success. He was a guy that end of his career, he um, you know obviously was sliding down, and he knew that all right, if I want to stay a couple more years, I need to work on my skating, and and he did, you know, and um, so you know obviously he retired, and then he jumped into what I you know do with the younger kids around town, and. You know, coaching is, you know, you, you think that because you've played at the highest level, you've been around the game for 30 years, that it's something that you just jump into. But it takes time to, to learn those personalities and what works and what doesn't. And Umby's um, done a great job with um, learning what it takes and, and how to break through with the community and the kids. And he does a pre-post high school program down here that's just growing. And um, all the kids respect him and his knowledge and, and what he gives. So mm-hmm. he's a great, great guy. Well, you got to build a rapport, right? With, mm-hmm. with everybody like, and, and now you're kind of established with, with all that. And just because he was in the NHL, he still has to be proven. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's done it. He's done a great job of that for sure. That's awesome. He's a great guy. He was a great interview. Yeah. 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 No, he, he's awesome. So I got another personal opinion question for you. Uh, just, um, I know you watch a lot of film, you watch a lot of games, analyzing players, mechanics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Who would you say, uh, I, many people know the uh, main ones of McKinnon, McDavid, all the guys, strong skaters. Who would you say has the strongest form or is the best and fastest skater in your opinion? Yep. Loaded question. Um, and you named some of, the, some of the guys that jump off. Like if I'm in front of like, let's say my U16s and, and down, you know, th- those names are very, like, appealing just to throw out there. Like, I mean, McDavid, mm-hmm. um, McCarr, uh, McKinnon, and, you know, uh, Barzell. And, um, but they're, they're all different types of skaters. Going back to what I said about Goudreau and Line, you know, yeah, there's no one true form of skating. There's um, certain techniques that I think every skater should have, like uh, hips low and if you point your toe and you're um, all the way through your stride and stuff like that, that are going to accelerate you. But it depends on your body, you know, how your body works and stuff like that. But um, McDavid's more upright, you know, he doesn't get down lower in his hips. He's got the, a quick crossover. He doesn't, you know, a true form of crossover. You want to cross over as much as you can to get the under push as much as you can. Um, he doesn't really do that. It's more of a stutter, quick, quick, quick crossover because he's upright. Um, you watch uh, McKinnon, and I tell these to the kids all the time, is that he generates his speed from his feet from his hands, right? The quicker his hands move, the quicker his feet move. And um, there's a fun little um, drill I do with kids. I get them to stand in front of me and I'm like, okay, hey, I want you to stand there and I want you to just walk your feet as slow as you can up and down, up and down. And they're all just going in, in place. And then I'm like, when I say, I want you to move your hands as fast as you can, but you keep those feet moving just as slow. And obviously you can't do it. And mm-hmm. it's just like a, a demonstration to show them that, hey, your hands and your feet are connected. And the, more, the quicker you move your hands, the quicker your feet are going to go. And um, once I do that with him, then I tell him, watch McKinnon. That's kind of where he generates all his speed from. So he's the type of player that, you know, he's just explosive. And I, you know, you, you talk about Colorado and um, McCarr and him are exactly the same. I mean, you know, they, they skate their hands, their feet, their movement, their, you know, so um, they're, 
skating is so individualized, but like I said, there, there's certain things that you need to be at the top level, you know, obviously mm -hmm. edges, your upper body, or, you know, it just, it, it all has to work together. Mm -hmm. Lee, I might be the exception of that being <laughs> untrue. <laughs> I can move my hands as fast as I want, but my feet won't keep up. I'm going to try, I'm gonna try it this Friday night in beer league. I'm going to call bull crap on it on you. I was watching some video of you and uh, I had to scan the camera back into other zone where the puck wasn't yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toe drag, picking though. myself Rob. up from my toe drag. Fuck. There's Rob again. Oh, he's on the bench. <laughs> it was out one door in the other. That was a hot lap. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, uh, Tristan, you had a couple questions for Lee, didn't you? On yeah, just uh, more more about your actual um, prior experience in in hockey and how how you got into figure skating. Like, at what age did you decide to move on from hockey and realize, you know what, my passion is figure skating. I can be successful with this. Yeah, to keep the story short, because I couldn't run on with it, but um, I didn't really make the decision. Um, my dad, it was a rugby player. He played uh, rugby for Wales. And um, so my mom and dad came over when they were 20. And um, being an athlete himself, obviously everyone plays hockey in Canada. I started um, playing hockey and minor hockey in Harrow. And I was on the ice once a week. And he was like, well, if you're gonna excel at something, you can't just do it once a week. You gotta be on there more. So he threw me into the can skate, figure skating sessions. And um, so I, I did it from, from all the way up. Um, I excelled at both until I was 18. And at that point, my brother was 6'2", I was 5'8", and I wasn't going any bigger. And um, I decided, I'm like, if I'm gonna make it in one of the sports, I'm gonna have to pick one. And um, figure skating was the one that I did because of obviously uh, my size. Um, and then I just, you know, kept on going with the figure skating, obviously, and then made my way back to the hockey world. Mm -hmm. And awesome. the girls kept telling you your ass looked good in those tights. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie. That was such a bullshit story. I, I, so to be honest with you, like all my buddies used I to like I like you make, when you skate it, backwards. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the Sidney Crosby <laughs> ass and the fucking tight pants. Can you Don't show me that cross me. under one more time? Um, no. <laughs> To, to be honest with you, Throw like my, me. you know, I, I've heard it all growing up from my buddies as I should. And, you know, uh, about, you know, figure skating, but I'm like, guys, listen, you guys are here with 18 other guys. I'm going to go skate with 20 other girls. Now I'm the only guy, awesome. you know, so True. it was all about the percentages True. there, you know, yeah. who's yep. the smartest hockey player out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they let him go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Crazy. Yeah, your cool. coach was an idiot <laughs> Tris, go ahead bro fire away man yeah uh speaking of questions and coaches uh i was curious as to what it was like working under the tenure of uh john tortorella and what you thought of him as a coach and his style so obviously he's a, um, a genius in what he does and how he can pull a team together um i think uh obviously Everyone knows his personality. I know you guys like him. Last time I was on here, you know, you guys oh, asked yeah. me a few questions about torts, as you should, and as everyone should. And I think um, as time goes on, and obviously, hopefully he can coach for another 30 years, you know, um, people will look back and be like, he was one of the greats, as he already is. Um, mm. But I, I think his kind is sadly dying, um, or it, it will, like, peak its back up in, in a few years when um, – people see that that type of coach is needed a little bit more um just because the you don't want the players to run the show right you, you need somebody to go mm -hmm. in there and take control of the locker room and saying hey this is how it is 
um, the things that I love about torts and, you know, like uh, to be honest with you, and I think I mentioned it last time I was on is that um, I was around him, um, but I wasn't day in day out with him. Um, when they were on the roads, we have guys are rehabilitating and then I'll get on the ice with those guys. So, you know, when I come back in town, I might go up to Cleveland, work with those guys and stuff like that. So I can't say that, you know, I have a extremely personal relationship for, with torts, but when I was around him, I couldn't respect him more for, the way he can manage a team, keep everyone together, and um, has an open pol- open door policy. Like, hey, I'll mm-hmm. tell you how it is, and if you have an issue, you tell me, mm-hmm. right? It, it went both ways, which you cannot not respect as a player, you know? So um, talking about torts, and I just like came across this last night. Do yourself a favor, and you, might, you guys might already know about it, but um, uh, on YouTube, they have a, um, gosh, what was it called? I think it was... Um, it's called the standard. It's all about him going to Philly right now mm-hmm. and doing their training camp. And they have different episodes on there. And I'm just one episode in, and you'll fall in love with Torts all over again. You know, as much as you know about him, you'll watch what he goes in there. And, and I remember the same way when he was here in Columbus, he's doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And I will not be surprised if he turns that team around extremely quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I can't say enough uh, great things about him from what I saw. Um, but I also think that it's a new generation coming up and the kids are, are brought up a little different and they, they come out into the league with this high-end skill that we haven't seen before. You know, like every year they're 18, 19-year-olds sticking and, and running the show and running a team. So you have to manage that differently, right? In the past, and I think you guys would agree with me, you had to earn your stripes a little bit, mm-hmm. get your playing time. You know, you had to figure out the league a little bit. Now these kids come in at 19, 20, like, the best on this team you know so um it's hard when you haven't had a coach your whole life come down hard on you and say no this is the way it is right um Mm -hmm. so you got different personalities to manage and um if you haven't seen it there's definitely a learning curve Mm -hmm. so it's it's almost like an entitlement uh some of these kids that come onto these teams and you're like and you know he's not going to have it and and, and like the, the best thing i love about torts is he will run through walls for oh. his guys yep. and they will do the same for him. Mm-hmm. But there's also guys that, like you said, Lee, that, that have never been talked to like that in their whole playing career because parents are a new generation now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I listen to uh, the rank shrinks all the time and, you know, like they're talking about, you know, uh, little Johnny's going to get, you know, uh, $10 for every assist he gets $20 for every goal he gets, you know, if he's a plus minus at the end, it's another 10. Well, mm-hmm. these kids aren't passing the puck anymore. And it's, it's really ruining the coaches down in the mm-hmm. lower leagues that they're, they're not following systems. He's like, I can run a system all, all practice long and everybody's on board. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it comes to the game, little Johnny's he's potting a goal and we're up five or six, nothing. He's not dishing over. Hey, he's going to get another 20 bucks for that open net. Right. so you know what i mean it's it's a whole new and you know they're like you you freaking parents out there that do that to these coaches you're just morons mm-hmm. yeah. you know? and, and that and that's why i say i think the pendulum is swinging that way that like coaches have to kind of manage that you know yep um we're in that middle period right now that you know there there's there's still some guys in my generation that that were brought up and and had coaches like towards so they're mm-hmm. like yeah i respect that and i respond to that and i yeah. need that and if you go to a team that the coach is kind of like, you know, not, a, not, I would never say a pushover, but somebody that's just like, okay, let you guys run it. And, you know, like you, those players want that and they need it. 
right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think, like I said, coaches like Torts, as much as I love them, are getting pushed aside right now. Mm-hmm. And I think in there, there'll be another swing that they're like, no, we need those now. Now right. we're looking for those coaches. And I don't know when that time is, but I think it's just pendulum, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, him him and the Flyers are a match made in heaven, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it's, yeah. Like who? But it seems like coach? he only goes for five years everywhere, yeah. and then it's like he not Warren is welcome, but mm-hmm. you know, guys like and and so many like old school like Scotty Gomez's and RJ Emberger and and guys like that love coaches like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because they kept them in check, they kept them honest. Yeah, my my thinking on it, and and not talking about torch or anybody any experience that I had, but if everyone buys in and they like drink the juice and they do all the hard work and they like go to battle for a coach and you have success and you start building and stuff, but once it starts turning, you know, and you get a couple bad apples in the locker room and stuff like that, that's when it's hard to manage it and get it going again, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that that's more of an issue and that's why it's hard to stick long-term now with, with a coach like that. Um, But I still respect it. And, and we all grew up with those coaches and mm-hmm. um, we knew that, you know, cause you, you know, it, and like, you know, I call it coach at all levels now. And I was on, on the ice with a um, high school team yesterday. And I, the first thing I do, they're on their knee. And I'm like, listen, I have 10 minutes at the end of the practice for a full ice game. So that 10 minutes can go to 15 or 20, or it can go to nothing. I said, you guys get to manage and what you tell me what you want. You work hard, you stop on pucks, you listen, you respond. I'll give you more by the end they were skating lines and it wasn't because what i did right yep. it's just like if i'm saying go skate to the red line and they're not going all the way they're half-assing it i'm like i'm not going to give you more minutes i'm going to take it away so it's you know i i feel like like i said is that the, the longer i coach the more i learn how to manage things how i'm like new generation old generation and it's it's fun to do different levels but um it's different right now you got to be a kind of happy medium right yeah yep well, you know what? Some of these kids, though, they might need a coach like that, right? To truly develop into a better player. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Tortorella and a guy who was drafted mid to later rounds, uh, Cam Atkinson. Torts valued the hard work. Mm-hmm. And Cammy, you know, he was a skills guy. Then he became an all around player and his wicked shot. And now look at him, right? And yep. he's going to be in Philly with. Yeah, Cam so. uh, still has his house here and uh, I was on the ice with him all summer. So uh, when he found out that uh, Torts got the job, he was over the moon. He goes, it's exactly what we need, you know, mm-hmm. and you know what that means. Um, he, he definitely knows that he needs somebody like Torts to really turn the tide for that team. Um, so, yeah, he respects it because he knows that that's what turned his career around. Um, Umberger just told me a story and I want to get it correct. He said, yeah, that's right. Hitchcock, when Hitchcock was here in town, this was prior my time in um, Columbus, but he told me that Hitchcock pretty much made, um, uh, sorry, Nash, who he was and changed his whole game around because he put him on the penalty kill. You know, it was a guy that was never really known for like back checking, getting in the, in the right spots, putting his body on the line and stuff like that. And Hitchcock said, you're playing the penalty kill and this is how you need to play it. And from that, he grew like, you know, more responsibility in the defensive zone, had to get up and down the ice. And, you know, um, so a story like that, like you said, is that, you know, I'm sure Rick Nash growing up was a stud and, you know, had no, no, not, not, not a hard way to get there, but you could just see that high end skill right away. But then Mm -hmm. it took a coach at the highest level to be like, no, we're going to, I'm going to teach you what hard work is and you're going to get in the back in the end zone, you know? So. I'd like to see that happen to Austin Matthews. 
because he doesn't play the penalty kill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. every time they're on the power play, he's, he's sitting. Right. So, mm -hmm. but you, you got, you got a guy like Matt Sundin that can play the, the penalty kill. Like there's no reason Austin Matthews could, can't do it. Yep. Um, I think it's sure. just a matter if you want to or not. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, you had a little fun with the Stanley cup this summer. Didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. I honestly like, um, it's definitely top five uh, nights of my life. Um, so uh, obviously that was with Jack Johnson. I've, I've known him now for, I, I would say, actually he was with the Jackets right when I started. So um, for eight years, and then he um, obviously went to Pittsburgh after he left here and then a stint in New York, I believe. And um, the, la the last time I saw Jack before he went to Colorado, we were downtown and I was on a skate with him. And um, he, I'm like, Jack, you know, before the session started, I said, hey, so what, what's next for you? You know, you're not with New York. And he goes, well, I have a PTO uh, with Colorado. And if uh, they don't take me, I, I think I'm done. So he, so he says that to me. And then I think like 10 minutes later, he came down. He just flew by and he goes like far down to the goalie or something. And he gets back in line. I said, Jack, I said, somebody that can skate like you is not even close to being done. And um, obviously he went on and, you know, what they did in Colorado and um, he was a huge beast, you know, sure. like, you know, and I think, I think having players like McCarr and McKinnon and all those guys, and he could be the player that he ultimately is, you know, didn't have to play other people's position and they loved him. You know, I have a, a lot of connections with Colorado. Um, so um, he still has his house here um, in Columbus. And I get a text on Thursday night and he says, Haley, be at Pins, which is like a bowling alley arcade place here in Columbus. He goes, we're going to have the cup. It's my day with the cup. He goes, tell oh, me how, how many family members you want to bring. So <laughs> I text him back. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, thank you. And uh, five, my whole family's going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Jack is just family guy to the T. And, like, it's all about his friends and family. And it was, like I said, it was an arcade. He shut the place down. Um, you can play all the arcades you want. Um, and then he, he walks in like 20 minutes later and he's just with a cup over his head and just, you know, big a smile and he puts it down and it was just a phenomenal night. Like I said, I, I'll never forget it. And, um, I've texted him a few times since then and be like, thank you. Because to be honest with you, they're like a lot of his friends and family growing up were there and not that many hockey guys, you know, mm -hmm. like, I, I mean, I, I think I might've been the only coach there um and then he had a couple of his close uh, hockey buddies but that was it so to, to get that invite and have my kids be around the cup and i mean they're too young to remember it but we got some good pictures and my son just like looking at it and dancing behind it and stuff like that I'm like, oh, it's crazy boy. it's like kid if you only knew right yeah <laughs> yeah i'd be doing the same thing no of course but um <laughs> it was awesome and then you know and then to boot on that, you know, Jack was still in town and he started getting back on the ice and he was skating with the guys and everything. And my sister came down with her, her, um, her family and her two boys are playing AAA, AA. And um, they came to the rink while I was skating all the guys and they're sitting on the bench. And um, I, I had some big name. It was getting close to the season. I mean, Jack was out there. Uh, Bjorkstrand was out there. Atkinson. We had some big names. So having my nephews or friends and family there to see that stuff, that's hands down my favorite part of the job is to watch them experience it so session's over and jack's the last guy to get off the ice and he sat on the bench telling me in and in and out how his team won the cup he sat there for 15 minutes and i kept on like looking at the clock like i, I was like stealing his time like he's probably got to go somewhere but 
he just told us how like the first round series or mentality and what the head coach was telling them and like how they're going into the second series and how they, the funny story about going into the Edmonton, he goes, we knew that we had to shut McDavid down. He goes, when McDavid was on the ice, we were on defense, all five guys defense, nobody went offense. And we watched when he got off the ice, everyone go, 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 you know, offense. Let's, let's go get points. He's back on the ice, everyone defense. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, by the end of that series, we'd played defense for four straight games, shut him down. We'd rolled into Tampa, you know, and they were a little more tired and beat up than us. He goes, we'd played defense. We knew that we could just like kind of play our game and, you know, play responsible on the defensive zone and, and, and take it. And it was just like, I'm sitting there like, and I kept on looking at my nephews. I'm like, you better be taking every word that this guy is saying right now, you know, and just listen, he's telling us how a team wins the Stanley cup, you know, and on the, like those moments are, you know, I, I, I never forget. You know? mm-hmm. Did you lift a cup? Nope. Didn't touch it. <laughs> didn't touch it. You know, like I'm still with an NHL team and I have, still have big dreams and hopes and Johnny hockey's here in town and Patrick line and <laughs> he's like, if I lift it, it's going to be with the jackets, right? Not, not touching it. Yeah. That's it. You know, well, I just figured you trained him. So that that's yeah. partly your cup no, too. No, I, no. Uh, I didn't, I, I went around, I took some pictures of Wayne Gretzky around it. <laughs> you know, I looked for Wayne's name on it four times and, uh, it's amazing when you get close up and I'm sure you guys have been around it at some point, but how beat up it is and like all the dents and all the well, names Colorado dented the shit out of it <laughs> yeah. before they even left the ice. I know. Great. <laughs> that, that video is awesome when he drops in there like, Oh, <laughs> you see everybody's face like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that was brutal one. That was brutal. Hey, so where did you get that shirt though? So my dad, do you, do you guys, uh, you, you know, my dad, Anthony, yeah. Tristan, do you know my Rob, do you know my dad in Harrow, the barber in Harrow? No. Uh, okay. No, I don't. But so he, he's got a great sense of humor and um, mm-hmm. obviously I'm a huge Gretzky fan. I don't know if you could see too much back. I got my whole basement's all Gretzky in that mobile. Yeah. I was, I was one of those kids. Um, finally, I get to put it out. You know, it's always been in boxes for 20, 30 years. So I finally have it out. Anyways, my dad calls me up. This is going back six months now and he goes lee um i was online and i saw some guy in amosburg that was selling wayne gretzky uh rookie cards and i'm like what he goes yeah he, the guy said he need to get rid of him need some quick money and blah blah, blah. and i'm like wait you bought them off online you didn't you know you might have gotten taken for it. i just felt bad and so i let alone he goes son it's fine I, I i got them for you long story short next time i go up to canada he goes oh i got those rookie cards for you goes into the back room he comes out and he throws these shirts he's got a white and black one with a gretzky rookie card on it <laughs> how awesome would it be to get autographed right? <laughs> yeah but, but, but do you know you know what's funny about it i told my dad after the fact i'm like to be honest with you i love this shirt better than having a card i get to wear it around yeah. everywhere and enjoy <laughs> yeah. it i've had a card it'd be on a shelf somewhere and yeah. I'd be nobody'd see it, it unless they come to your house yeah so yeah. I mean, that's I'm awesome to wear it so yeah that's funny that's <laughs> so cool yeah Dude, when are you back like this way again? Uh, man, that's it. I'm going to bug you until you fucking. You're not the, the only season's one. season's starting, so no time soon, I bet. No. That's, that's it. Um, Holidays, probably? Yeah, we're, we're going to come up for Christmas. We always we always definitely come in for Christmas. Um, honestly, I'd, I'd love to come back every couple months, but it's it, there's no off season anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, there, there's a couple weeks, you know, when their season's over and then guys want to start getting back on the ice at June in June and then just ramping up. So I really have to carve out time to figure it out, but um, I miss it. 
Um, we came up, I think, in end of May, early June. Um, we were up for a week with the family there, but it, like I said, it's just so hard. I still have shirts for you guys. I, I want them too. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I bring it up once in a while. We're like, you know, where's I told where's fuck, shirts? I wanted to hand them to you fucking personally <laughs> is what I, I wanted know. to do. You want to and then this here. way, and then we could drink a beer or 35 and we got like Tristan here to drive us home, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure if I said that I'd give Johnny Hockey a hat, you'd probably send that down, right? Uh, here we go uh, here we go tell you what you bring him down with you yeah i'll bring him down so i can put it on him yeah. i'll fucking share a ham and cheese sub with him yeah there you go hey do you guys uh how how's the team's doing around there I, I saw essex just started and you know they're doing pretty good right essex yeah. is off to a five and one start i believe good. that's great they lost to wheatley who's gonna he, they're going to be one of the powerhouses uh, around here. So, okay. yeah, uh, we're still seeing what Bell River is going to be up to. They lost a few guys to Leamington. And, okay. uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a different uh, – going to be a different, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I think Wheatley just got another guy from Leamington too, I want to say. I thought I'd seen that. A guy yeah, I I want to say so, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know what, Lee, I, the parallel I would draw to it, and you would know this uh, through beating them in the first round a couple of years ago in a, as an upset, Essex is basically the 1819 uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're, they're supposed, on paper, they're pretty right. dominant, but they got to figure things out for playoffs. That's when it matters. So, like, 100%. Yeah, I, um, did COVID like really mess up the you know some of those those teams and stuff? Like, was it hard to to bounce back and guys leaving and stuff like that? Yeah, a lot of guys a lot of guys missed out too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there was supposed to be the uh, the big series between uh, what was it, Bell River and Moortown, mm -hmm. and uh, it like it, it came right down to it, and they were supposed to just start and and uh, it shut everything down, and so nobody really got to find out who was. Right. The, the right best. before the finals it got shut down yeah oh man yeah. so they couldn't do so couldn't do, do anything, anything about it and then they, yeah but i felt bad for the kids who it was their last year and yeah. the overagers the following year and stuff like that. it's just like the kids are are essentially losing out on their last year of hockey right yeah so it kind of sucks for them but yeah dude, there's no goodbye there's no last game there's no yeah you know like it's not in their terms it's always yeah. the worst right and it's let's worst. let's just hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. You know? And it's the worst when those kids have already played there for like, you know what I mean? Two, three years and they're going into their fourth year and it's their final year. And like you said, you kind of do the farewell tour essentially. Yeah. And they couldn't do it because of COVID. So I thought they were going to like push everything a year. They're this and that, but it was bam, nothing, man. Yeah. It's a hard situation, right? What's mm -hmm. right. One. I know I, they, they did the same thing down here with uh, college hockey is that, they gave them one more year, right? So um, there's a, it just, I don't know what the right move is to do, right? Well, I think they, down here, they're a little bit concerned about, you know, 16 year olds playing against yeah. 22 year olds, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, and, I get that. I get then you that. got 16 year olds missing out on their first year too, because you know what I mean? They're, they're, I'm sure there'd be a lot of coaches that saying, no, they're not playing. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, I remember it. I, I was playing with grown ass men. Yeah, I was 15 when I started with uh, Kingsville. 
Yeah. And uh, going from that to like overagers, I'm like 20, 21 year old. I'm like, that's a big jump. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. And then that's when they pick more guys for like size and stuff. Like you were undersized, oh, yeah. but just fast as hell. Yeah. But like, like I was saying, when we were off the air, you hadn't even joined yet. So mm-hmm. um, Tristan here, I was like filling him in. I was like, when I was younger, I used to laugh. <laughs> watching guys try to knock Lee off the puck because Lee knew how to use every single edge. And he just was, he was a mile ahead of everybody with his freaking skating. And I was just said he, he was the smallest guy on the ice, but he was the hardest to knock off the puck. And, and that's, you know, going back to your question, Tristan, about like the hockey figure skating thing. Um, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. I never played hockey without the red line. You know, like I, we always had the two line pass and I was talking to somebody and he's like, what's a two line pass, you know? Um, So, but can you imagine with my speed and, you know, my ability to move in and out of guys and not the clutching and grabbing and the hockey that we grew up with, you know, I would have made a different decision. I if the hockey was the way that um, it is now, it would have, let's say, it definitely would have been a harder decision for me to make to say, okay, I'm going to go figure skating because guys like me now can make it, you know, yeah. like they can not saying that I could have the skill to make the NHL, but let's say I, it definitely would have been a harder decision. I, I was literally just saying that to them too. I was like, I think he would have went a lot further with <laughs> hockey if it was oh, yeah. based on how it is nowadays, yeah. but I'm completely like tapped out. Do you guys have any more questions for him? Yeah, I, I got, I got one more. Um, so like, that being said about, you know, you, you may have had a longer career with, with the red line, you know, not being in there. It's the same thing as, you know, um, guys are saying they want, some are saying they want to bring the red line back in because guys are going way too fast Mm -hmm. and people are getting way too hurt. Mm -hmm. So like I, you can see the changes and I see it a lot more down here than, you know, cause obviously I'm, in the States and I see how they're growing the game here in the States and um, watching American TV and stuff like that. Um, I won't be surprised if fighting is gone in five, six years, hitting not too long after that. And I mean, full ice or open ice hits and, you know, Mm -hmm. targeting and stuff like that and be more of an angling game, kind of like girls hockey, which they, they definitely hit in girls hockey. They say they don't. You get to check the stick. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. Like I, I think before they bring the red line back, that's more the way they're going to go because that grows the game. You know, in in the states, right? Yeah. Um, not saying it's right because I I like old time hockey esque, but I also want the skill in there. You know yep. what I mean? I, I think it, it, it's a hard nosed, tough game, and I want that in there. But I also want to see the skill. We all love those goals and the guys moving and flying and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But the clutching and grabbing, holding guys back, that needs to go away. Yeah. So but you, I, I always think it'll, I would, go ahead. Uh, sorry, you think it'll be more like a European game then, like the Swedish league or Finland, kind of no, like more skills over size? I, I don't think the toughness is ever going to go away in the NHL. That's, you know, and I, I don't think that, not saying that they don't have it in Sweden, I don't know verbatim on that, but um, I don't think that's going overweight. But I, I mean, look at the skill. Look at the, look at the goals that the guys are scoring behind the net and stuff like that. You're going to see way more of that stuff. As much as Torts is saying there's no place in the game <laughs> for that stuff. You know, yeah, I, I said to you know what I said to um, Atkinson actually because when Torch picked up, I said I want to be on the fly on the wall in your locker room when Anaheim comes there and you guys play him and Zegris is there. It's like <laughs> if anybody lets that kid pull anything like that, yeah, and, I will. Hey, and you know that he's gonna try it. Sure, you he know, is. yeah, you know. So just because Torch said it, 
Right. Yeah. And, yep. and, and Torch did not like it. Eh? No, of course not. But he, you know, that's old school thinking and yeah. stuff like that. But you know, that stuff grows the game, and you see what these kids are doing and pulling off. And I mean, I was talking to another coach here last week. He goes, "There's like seven, eight year olds doing toe drags now and sauces and stuff like that." Mm-hmm. I'm like, we didn't even know what that was <laughs> growing up. You know, we never saw anybody do that. And if I did sauce, it was a mistake, you know? (laughs) Um, So, I mean, the skill, the skill will be there. Going back to your question, uh, Tristan, uh, the skills there and it's going to keep going that way. Um, But I don't think the physicality or the, you know, hits along the wall and the guys saying, you know, because you can get away with it pretty much anything in the regular season. But when you're going for that cup, (laughs) like, yeah, no, no holds barred. The rules change. Mm, Yeah. But like, what, like, how about how about this, Lee? What about you know a guy like Robbie Shrimp back in the day? Mm. You know what I mean? Like the shit they do now, he was doing then, mm. and coaches didn't like it, like mm. putting the puck between his legs and and mm. shelfing it, or you know what I mean? And and a lot of coaches they weren't having it. Mm-hmm. They're saying, "Oh, you're a showboat," you know, mm. like so. Yeah, I, I think there's there's just more guys doing it. Yeah, you know, he, he was maybe a one off, but when you have like you know, even Sonny Milano was there doing it with Zegers. You have you know, even McDavid and some of the stuff he does. Um, which by the way, I tell my players all the time, I'm like, play through your mistakes. I said, if you really watch and break down McDavid's like phenomenal goals going end to end, how many times would he like a regular player stopped on the play because he lost it or bumped off his foot or stuff like mm-hmm. that? He's more like amazing at just keep your body moving when you make a mistake right. and you'll find it. You know, so there's a skill in that as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's more guys doing those high end tricks and stuff that it's it's going that way. Mm-hmm. Everybody, cool. Yep, cool. that's it. I'm done with him. I'll skate out of here, Lee. As as always, honestly, man. chop chop yeah. over. Yeah. Mohawk out, Mohawk out, Mohawk yeah. out. That's so fun. It's a, as, that's, a, yeah. that's a skill interview right there. Holy fuck, that's funny. As always, Lee, always welcome here, buddy. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully, when you're down, we can like see each other like face to face. Would be nice. Yeah, I would love that. I love that. Are you guys a visit? Too yeah, busy. I'd like to give you a COVID hug from behind. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> he's like, oh, man. Now he's like, oh, ah. oh wait, I just checked my schedule. It's going to be a few years. Hey, I'm coming down tomorrow. <laughs> as long as I can wear my mask. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. He's hugging you from behind. It's okay. I said, it's okay. Everybody's got COVID. I'll hug you from behind. So funny. Yeah, Lee, oh, thank man, you man. so much. Yeah, bro. It's been awesome. It's been, been great to talk to you guys and keep doing your good stuff, guys. Yeah, keep up the great work, bud. Yep. See you guys. Have a good night. It's a pleasure, Mr. Yeah. Harris. Nice to yeah. meet you, sir. Yeah, you too, Tristan. You did not too bad, bud. <laughs> <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs>